welcome to Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, Army Ranger, real estate investor, and income enthusiast. On this show, we uncover the keys to attaining financial freedom. There are so many people listening right now who are stuck in that day-to-day, nine-to-five rat race. Luckily, it's only temporary. Each week, we bring on guests that help us discover the steps to build financial freedom, passive income, and generational wealth so we can live the life we were born to live. Money is freedom. Let's get to the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, and today's guest is Tim Kelly. Tim is a U.S. Navy veteran and real estate investing enthusiast. He has coached and mentored hundreds of people through the financial freedom and real estate investing journey. He began investing in 2011 house hacking with his VA loan and has scaled to take down multiple 100 plus unit deals to include commercial real estate asset classes such as mobile home parks and apartment buildings. Tim continues to give back today in his current role as VP of Education and co-owner of Active Duty Passive Income, a real estate investing community that helps mentor U.S. military soldiers through the investing process. Tim Kelly, you're on Wealth Science, brother. Welcome to the show. I'm pumped, dude. What's going on? It's an honor and a pleasure. Let's get into some some just you know fun conversations. I'm sure we this can go on for hours. So uh, let's make it let's make it impactful. Let's make it concise. I know you got a lot of cool stuff planned. So thanks a lot for having me, man. Let's have fun. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Wherever this conversation goes, as long as we're adding value, that's all that matters to me. And I know it matters the same to you. So just to kind of build the audience's situation awareness, if you could just take a couple minutes and introduce yourself. I mean, where you got started, uh, where you grew up, your military story, and how you kind of transferred into the uh, real estate investment space. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, uh, just regular guy, simpleton from right outside of Chicago, uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. I actually just got notified. Arlington Heights is my hometown. The Chicago Bears just bought the Arlington Park, and they're they're moving their stadium. So I can't wait. Um, huge Bears fan, huge Cubs fan, Blackhawks. So from that area, um, you know, I, I dropped out of college, thought I was going to be doing music all my life. I still play drums to this day. It's one of my passions. One of my whys behind everything that I do is music and drums. And, and so I didn't really have a good head on my shoulders. I tried to go to college that didn't work out, got out, played some music, had some jobs and then joined the Navy. And, and that was back when I was 21. And, you know, at about nine or 10 year mark, I figured like, man, I, I don't know enough about money, financial management, like they don't teach us enough. So like I had a genuine curiosity, how could I create freedom? And how could I build wealth? I know there's people that make a lot of money. And it's not based on intelligence, right? It's based on your knowledge. And I, I had the faith that I could self educate to just create abundance in my life and just on my own. And uh, I just started reading a bunch of books on a deployment in 2014. Um, and got off that deployment. And so all of 2015, I from those books, I just kept seeing real estate investing is is a thing you could do, you know, you don't have to invest in stocks, bonds and mutual funds. It's an alternative strategy that makes sense for a lot of people and anybody can get into it. So I'm like, all right, my curious brain, you know, I'm like, all right, what, what's going on with this? I ended up spending about 25,000 bucks on rich dad, poor dad, real estate education, mentorship, um, went to the boot camp and, and had a mentor come to my, you know, come to my neighborhood um, for like a weekend. And we looked at properties. And, and so at that point, I, 
I was going horizontal across all the different ways you can make money in real estate. And then I kind of just didn't really get any traction because I was becoming really knowledgeable at all these things, but I had no experience. And I even tried to like wholesale and do single family. It just didn't make sense to me. And once I started learning more and more about apartment communities and uh, mobile home communities through multifamily investing, um, I'm like, this makes sense. I'm not very patient. I don't want to do one deal at a time that gives you a hundred or 200 a cash flow a door. I wanted the most amount of passive income and the most amount of wealth in the shortest period of time. How could I do that? And I, so I'm like, I want to go, you know, buy apartment buildings without any experience. So then I did and, and kind of, I, I got a, a bunch of education and, and I didn't really get any traction until I focused on multifamily and commercial. So then I was able to get traction. I was able to speak the language. I was able to raise capital. I was able to meet people and network with people with confidence because I put so much time into educating myself um, through books and through podcasts and going to RIAs and spending all that money on real estate education. It was, I have no regrets. That's, that's where I am today, but, and you know, and so I, I ended up just, separating from the Navy back in 2000 or back in 2020, this past November after 15 and a half years. Um, and I, I was an enlisted chief petty officer, senior, senior enlisted. Um, and so it wasn't like a small amount of income that I was giving up, but because I, I, I focused hard on multifamily, I was able to create freedom. I was able to create options and I just did, it just didn't seem right for me to stay in the Navy doing what I was doing. It just wasn't my calling, wasn't my passion. And I didn't have a fire in my belly when I got up every, every day, um, to go to, to, to do my job. I loved serving and I loved being in the chief's mess. I loved like the, the Navy and, and my past, you know, my brothers and sisters that I served with before, including officers and chiefs, they made me who I am today. So man, I love everything about who, what the Navy made me, but I was just ready to get out because I had other options and I had other dreams and passions that I wanted to pursue. And um, now, like a couple of years after close on the first apartment complex, you know, active duty passive income started, you know, um, picking up steam and, and I became now the, the VP of education and co-owner. And um, we just have an amazing team and I get to spend most of my time helping people like Jesse take down commercial real estate, build wealth and, uh, you know, and, and it's just, there's nothing better and more satisfying as selfish as this may sound than helping other people do and achieve things bigger than what you did. Right. Yeah, dude. I mean, so much in there, so much incredible stuff. I love the idea of investing in yourself. And, you know, like you brought up the example of, uh, you bought the, uh, rich dad, poor dad, $25,000. I mean, whether it's that, whether it's reading books or whatever it is, the power of investing yourself, I think is so crucial and paramount to that beginning. I dude, I didn't give myself an option to fail. Like, honestly, I like, if you spend that much on yourself, like your chances of success are so much higher than if you only spend, you know, a thousand bucks or less or none, right? People are trying to navigate YouTube and black, bigger pockets. Like yeah, there's no framework. It's, it's like a black hole. It's really not easy. Uh, but dude, if the more you invest in yourself, you're, you're also not only learning more and adding more value, but you're taking a bigger risk on yourself. And if you don't take a big risk on yourself, you can never win, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I, I agree with all that. I'm curious, like in that 2014 to 2020 range, when you're still in the Navy, you're investing in yourself, you know, you're starting to get into the real estate space and stuff like that. I mean, were there any like limiting beliefs or anything like that? Like, I'm curious, because I because you said it yourself, you know, you, you just didn't have you love the Navy, but you just didn't have the fire in your belly 
to wake up every day and be in the Navy for the rest of your life. And like, I know there's somebody listening right now who's sitting in a cubicle somewhere or is on, on that car ride to work that they hate right now. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I guess, I mean, in that 2014 to 2016 range, making that transition. Oh man. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is growth. A lot of it is, you know, how we're each programmed and, but it all boils down to like, what is your why? What if you were making a million dollars a week, right? How would you spend your time? Right. If money was no object, if you had all the money on this planet, you didn't have to go to work and exchange time for dollars. How would you spend your time? And like most people, if they have a family, oh man, I would spend more time with my kids. I would do all this. Oh yeah. Well, you know that you can create that life within the matter of you're, you're doing it in a year, like, you know, a couple of years, like people could get a lot of traction. And if they had a burning why, if they had a desire, you know, to change and because you have to grow and most people aren't willing to grow. So if you're sitting there and like, there is a fire, they're like, I just don't know what to do. Like I have this passion. Maybe you have some idea of what you want to get into. Maybe it is real estate. Maybe it's, you know, you just want to be your own, you know, create your own photography company or construction company, like whatever it is, it's all about learn, network and take action. That's literally what it boils down to. That's why we talk about it so much in ADPI, because you have to educate yourself on it to the fact where most people don't self-educate. So if you self-educate, you literally read like a book or two on something, you know, more than 90% of the population in any given, and you could probably talk about it. Like if you could just explain what you learned, you already know more than 90% of the population, right? So you have to educate yourself and you have to find other people that have that same fire, that have that same heart, that same desire that are, you know, not in the same like industry, but you have to network with like-minded, like-hearted people while you're learning, just like Jesse is doing right now. And then you have to literally create action steps for your day. Every single day, you just have to continue moving. Like, and understand success goes like this. There's not like a, a straight path. Like you literally will fail and you'll succeed. You're like, you'll get all these dopamine hits and then you'll feel like worthless because you can't do anything for like a three weeks goes by. You don't see any productivity. That's all part of the process, right? Yeah, absolutely. All part of the process. But like while you're learning the mechanics, you know this more than anybody, you have to continue personally and professionally growing your mindset and understand, get into the mindset of the high performers, the most successful people. How do they think that they have the same 24 hours? Every single day, they spend their time differently. They value time differently. They have different productivity hacks. They have different relation, levels of relation. They put more emphasis on their relationships. So then they're even better at work in their profession so they can spend more time with their family and with their relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you got to deep down say, why do I want to leave? And what would I rather do spending my time and do this exercise and go seven, at least seven or eight layers deep and continue asking yourself, why? Why do I want to get into this? Why does real estate seem cool to me? Why do I want to leave my job? Okay, well, why? Why is that important? Well, it, 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 it has to be emotional. Like the, the people who find a lot of success is they, it, they do this exercise and they realize they maybe were, you know, did not have the best childhood. They didn't have the best mentors or teachers. Uh, whatever it is, it's got to be deep and meaningful to you to have you get up and it feel not like a job, right? Most people are stuck in a job that they can't stand and they hate, but most people don't do anything about it. 
the ones that do are so uncomfortable and they have the passion and the faith that they can create, you know, freedom and abundance. And then they go, they're willing to go after it. So there's a lot of things that really separate, separate the highest performers, the most successful people than the people who, who don't hold back. But it's a lot to do with learning, being the expert, networking with other people while you're doing it and figuring out how to add value to other people, right? In that same sense, and then creating action steps every single day. Learn, network, add value every single day in some way, and more and more every day, and take action every day. I mean, to me, that doesn't sound too complicated to like grasp, right? I have to dumb things down. I'm not the smartest dude. I have to make things super simple for me to understand them. So like, I, I hope that makes sense. I hope that's simple and clear, um, and, and that's what helped me. Yeah, man. I know. Great to hear that. I mean, I'm, I love the burning why. The burning why is what everything comes back to. And it's so powerful. And I love the concept of networking. And I stress that to my own soldiers, even today, is how powerful networking is. And on the first, on January 1st of this year, I set the goal. I said, you know, I'm going to talk to five new people a day. I'm going to build five new relationships a day. I'm going to do that seven days a week. 30 days a month. And you wouldn't believe, dude, like the, the billionaires out there who took 30 minutes out of their schedule because I cold messaged them on LinkedIn to, to get on the phone with me for 30 minutes just because, yeah, Jesse's an army ranger. Like, dude, that's, that's cool as shit. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take 30 minutes because a guy five decades ago took 30 minutes for me, but I really love that idea of networking. And I'm glad you hit on that. I believe that's powerful talking to five new people a day. I mean, what, what is your experience with networking and how powerful do you think that is to, to putting yourself around the right people and to build in the right relationships? Dude, it, 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 the more I get to know you and hear what you got going on, the more I realize why you're getting traction quicker than most people and why you're just able to sift through all the BS and nonsense that, that people have a hard time sifting through is because you keep it simple Right. And you and like if someone tells you, hey, good, hey, networking is important. And then whether they said set a goal of calling five people a day or five people a week or you came up with that on yourself, you thought of it, then you implement it and you went and did, you went and did it. That little thing separates so many people. So that one little thing, the fact that you thought about, oh, man, I should probably call five people. Well, Netflix is more important. I'm going to go do that. Like you chose you intentionally chose to make those calls. And I'm telling you, man, that is probably one of the single biggest reasons why I'm where I am today. And I have the freedom that I am today, because no matter what roadblock I came in, I always knew deep down, this is part of the process, but I'm one conversation away from that next step. I'm one conversation away from that, that target that I set for this week or whatever. And dude, usually it's, Okay, well, that conversation, like, where should I steer that conversation? Well, what do you need in your business right now to help you get to that next level? Even if it's just 1%, even if you're just trying to figure out how to talk to a broker, what words to say to a broker when you call, you know, you're supposed to call a broker to, to build relationships and get it. Like, what words do you say? Just figuring out what to say, writing a script, that's your 1% better. Then the next day you plan out, okay, select the five, go to LoopNet, figure out in your market, what asset class you're looking at, what five brokers are listing those, which ones are CCIMs, call all five of them in one day. You're going to be overwhelmed with all the things that you knew, all the growth that happened, all like the, the relationships that you were surprised that you come to find out one of them was military or one of them was like knew your dad or something like crazy things like that happen all the time. 
most people are not willing to just like have the confidence and faith that, Hey, I'm going to just reach out to this person. And I have the faith that they're, that they're a good person that they're going to want to chat with me. I'm going to ask them respectfully, ask them for their time. I'm going to value their time. Um, because that's one thing that separates the most successful people is they value other people's time and they value their own time way more than the average person, right? So they are very efficient with their time and they're very respectful of other people's time. You made those calls, man. And that's one thing that I was that I constantly do, man. If there's white space in my nine to five calendar and I'm like, man, I have 45 minutes or I have an hour 30 of I, I'm, you know, I'm all caught up. I'm good. I feel good. What else could I, what should I be doing? It's the, the answer to that question is who should I be calling? Who should I be reaching out to? Who should I be following up with? Cause nine to five is your office hours. Take advantage of that to build and maintain and groom relationships before the nine to five is your time for growth, your, enter, your, your education, your meditating, your gym time after the nine to five. Sure. That too, too, maybe family time. Like during that nine to five, you need to grind and be connecting with new people every single week, if not every single day. So dude, it's so important. And, and this is separate from already being integrated into the masterminds, the RIA, the meetups, creating your own local meetup, like the most successful experienced person to create a meetup, right? You can know firsthand, right? So you don't, you just need to be willing to talk about it and ask questions to learn about it. Dude, it's powerful. But yeah, I, I love, I love talking about that. I think networking is what I, I stress it to my soldiers every day. Like the conversations I've had in the last year, just by leading, you know, in my case, leading with the military uh, hits home with a lot of people. And it's been so powerful. No way would I've ever, uh, gotten to where I am today without setting that goal at the beginning of the year, but kind of driving this conversation back to kind of the real estate space when, again, you know, examining as you're going from big to small um, with those first couple deals that might've just been a VA loan house hack. I, I know that you did in that 2011, 2014 timeframe to scaling to like that first hundred unit plus mobile home park deal and, and building out a team and syndicating and stuff like that. Like I'm curious, what's your advice for kind of scaling to larger commercial assets and making that jump from small multifamily? The first one is being content with the fact that you, you can, like it's possible and having the faith in the, in, in, in yourself and your abilities, even though you don't know anything about even real estate, like let's say you've never done a deal. I believe, and Jesse proves this, you can go from literally knowing nothing and having no experience to basically closing multiple deals or at least being under contract or very close to being under contract within a year or less. Right. And it's just, you know, having the faith in yourself that you can, and that you, you, you believe, and then that you could not only just like believe it and be like, yeah, I, I think I can do it, but like actually visualizing it, like seeing it, like whether you dream about it or whether you just close your eyes for five minutes once a day. And, and you say, I'm watching myself take down all these deals. I'm watching. I kind of have a feeling who's around me. I have a feeling who shouldn't be around me. Like you have to be able to see that, like not vivid with vivid clarity, but you just have to be able to believe that you can do it so much so that you can sort of see it happening in the future. Right. Um, so that's, that's really number one. And then it really all boils down to what I kind of just went back and said, learn network and take action. And you have to get a very good education. And when I say very good, not advanced, not like, you know, super expert level, but you have to understand the fundamentals of just the big picture. How do you get a deal done? How do you close a deal? How do you operate it? What's an exit like? How do you sell it? Like have a very, very good, but general idea of just the whole process. You don't need to be an expert in any of this, right? 
as you're learning the process, you're going to figure out what makes the most sense and how you are going to add value to a deal. You have to figure out how am I going to add the most amount of value to a deal? Should I be the one that connects with brokers? Cause I could easily make a phone call relationships. I could do that. Or should I be the numbers analytical guy or girl that loves numbers and loves spreadsheets? Maybe you should be the underwriter, right? Maybe you should be the person that has, you know, that raises capital because you have capital or you have access to capital or you know people who have access to capital or you you believe that you can go get capital. And there's millions of liquid mo- dollars sitting in checking savings c- accounts and they're literally just waiting for you to approach them with an opportunity. So capital raising is, is so much easier than people make it out to be. And uh, so learn, network, like I said, have the faith in yourself. You gotta invest in yourself and learn up until the point where you have confidence to have a professional conversation and then you network. And then when you have that level of education, it's much easier to network and find partners, having the self-awareness to know how you add value, finding other partners who could add that other value. And then you just continue to grow as a human every single day. Being a good investor is a byproduct of personal and professional growth, right? The big picture should always be, how can I grow 1% in all aspects of my life? Every single day, just it's you know, not that it's not that much of a struggle, but a byproduct of that as an investor. If you only figure like worry about the money and you only figure out how to be a good investor without actually personally growing, no, no, understanding how to maybe better communicate, understanding a high level self awareness, knowing how to just you know host a, a call or whatever it is, you have to grow personally and professionally every single day and becoming a better investor just gets way easier because it's a byproduct of your own pursuit of personal professional growth. Yeah. I mean, so, so crucial. And I, I love the idea of just being the right fit to the team. That's how like I would sum it up. It's like, you're never going to scale. Even as we scaled from a couple college houses to 141 lots, it's like, Hey, what does this team look like now? Like it's not the same team that was taking down single family homes and student housing. This team's going to look completely different in how we arrange everything. And then also to like your capital raising piece. I mean, it's so powerful. And I just had a conversation with a buddy that I hadn't talked to in years who was like, Jesse, like I finally, I've seen the content you're pushing on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, dude, this is awesome. It's crazy. You know, I've got a hundred thousand dollars sitting in my savings account from this whole GameStop thing. Like, let's put it to work, dude. I had no idea I could do this. And it's just by me breaking out of that shell. I'm, I'm curious when you're having those professional conversations you're talking about with passive investors who might be looking to break into deals from a passive side. I mean, in this situation, he's got, you know, a large sum of money just sitting in a savings account getting annihilated by inflation. What are some of the benefits that you talk about to passive investors that maybe they don't know about? And maybe it's someone who just doesn't have the time to actively invest in a deal and they have to passively. I'm, I'm curious what you think. Dude, I don't even open up that conversation unless I know who they are personally, professionally, and what their goals are, right? I don't even get into, hey, I got this deal. I got this opportunity. You, the, regardless of the way you put it, if they're not actually interested in that, if they don't have a goal of, generating passive income through real estate. If they have no idea what it is, that's your opportunity to like educate them. But the first thing you need to do, and we always default to the Ford, man, get to know their Ford, their family, their occupation, their recreation, and their dreams. And you could caveat that dreams and your the real estate dreams, their goals, right? Get to know them personally. You'll bond a little bit more. You're going to have some similar, you know, attributes, characteristics, or maybe you lived in the same city, whatever. It's easy for military people because any military people could have a long conversation just about their service, right? So 
dude, like find some common ground, have the relationship, genuinely give a shit about them. Like, honestly, like actually care about their goals. It's going to be so much easier, man. And then you can say, well, since it sounds like you're looking to park your hundred K passively in, in some kind of commercial real estate, you don't have a whole lot of time to learn, but like, then you go into, well, this is how we help our investors who are looking for the same things as you are. Right. And then you go into the people that, you know, are, are investing with us have, uh, have the ability to park their capital in a deal and not only receive an actual dividend or receive a, some kind of, of distribution, either monthly or quarterly, plus they'll have ownership and equity growth, plus they'll have tax shelter and tax protection, tax benefits on top of all that. that. That is why there's multiple layers. And the easiest way to sell it is for real estate. There's multiple profit centers when you buy and hold real estate especially compared to like a stock, right? When you buy and hold a stock, the stock goes up. Yeah, it'll be worth more. If the stock goes down, but you know, it, it's, it's not, you, you lost or you, whatever. Um, but you usually cannot have multiple profit centers stacked on top of each other because you're going to pay taxes if you trade or sell, right? You're going to have to. Um, you're, you're not going to see that passivity. You're like, especially if you're trading, you're going to have to really understand like different aspects of the stocks, the white paper, of the stocks, the market, what sector are they in? What other stuff? you like, there's a lot of, that, of education. I'm not going to talk at stocks about stocks at all uh, because I'm not an expert, but it's, it's easy just to get to know them, understand their goals, understand really what they're looking for. If what you have ha like actually is in the realm of what they're looking for, then you can go into the deal and you have to just keep it high level. What matters more? The market, the, the property, you could change the property, right? So the market, the financials and the physical property in that order. So then the market is the first thing to sell because that's the one thing that can't change. So you have to understand all the drivers in the market. Why are you, um, and why do you want to invest in this? Why are you raising capital for this deal? So you personally should have very, very good idea to break down those three aspects, the market, the actual property itself, and then the numbers, the financials, right? Why, like, where's the opportunity lie, right? Um, and then you can't get off the phone unless you get two things, two questions answered. Um, number one, now you know all this, what is your level of interest on a one to 10 scale, right? Because if you get off the phone and you don't know how interested they are, then like, do I follow up with them? Do I waste my time? You have to be very clear. So you, you don't waste any of your time. If it's a, you know, seven or eight or nine, well, how could it, you know, how could I help you get to a 10? What would make it be a 10? And then they might say, well, I don't understand. Like they're, if you ask them, you're genuinely curious about them and you ask them the right questions, they're going to be able to tell you all their objections and be like, oh, well, you don't understand this, this market because maybe I didn't explain it right. This is this. But some, some investors are going to like, they're going to need to be local. Like, so that's why you have to understand every investor is different. They have different goals. They have different desires. They have different education and mindset. One ten scale, what is their interest level? And figure that out. That will help you determine whether you should follow up with them and maybe you can get them to attend. And then number two, how much do you have exactly and are comfortable investing today? And, you know, unless they tell you straight up, like your, your buddy said, hey, I got 100, 100K, I want to invest. Like, that's easy, but write it down, mark it down. And your database, collecting all this information in some kind of database because you're going to follow up with them. They're, if they have an interest level of five or more, you're going to follow up with them and let them know at least this is what's going on. 
we do have a deal. We're looking at deals. Hey, guess what? I got a deal on a contract. All those touches, when they're ready, guess who they're going to go call? Dude, so powerful. I mean, it all starts with that genuine relationship. And even on that call that I was with my buddy, it's like, I think it was 45 minutes long and I had a call right after it. But the first 40 minutes of it was literally like, dude, what's been going on? Like just catching up, like not even talking real estate or anything. And then it got to the last five minutes He's like, you know, hey, dude, like, I, I know you got to get off the phone, but hey, I want to tell you, I've got this opportunity going on that I want to talk to you about. And he hit me with it, dude. But yeah, we didn't even talk real estate for the first 40 of the 45 minutes. And it just, it's that genuine relationship, dude. It's so powerful. 100% of the reason why investors invest in a deal, I would argue that less than 50% is the deal itself. The other probably 70 to 80% is the people, the, the, the manager, you, when you're talking to your buddy, because you took so much time, like he's comfortable. He likes you. You have a long history. You're serving. Like you have a lot of advantages right now because of how you are and your personality too. Like, so they're investing in you more than they're investing in the deal. And I can't say that across the board for everybody. There are a lot of highly analytical people who only care about the numbers. They don't care about the people. Um, so be careful. But again, understand who you're talking to. Are you talking to a highly analytical left brain person who needs more data, needs more numbers? Or are you talking to a more right brain person who is, they want the what's in it for me, the what, how is it going to improve my life? You know, how is it going to give me more freedom? That's, 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 be decisive and, and understand who you're speaking to and taking that time to get to know them is only going to make things easier for you because then you could, you'll know whether what you're offering them is something that they actually want, you know? And, uh, yeah, man, it makes it easier too to, once you have that bond, it's like, you don't even have to sell it. It's like, Hey, I've just had this opportunity, man. I think it's a great fit for you. This is what it will look like for you. And then you, you have to be ready to educate people no matter what. Um, so that's why education, learning, and, and is always the number one thing. So you could speak the language to whoever you're talking about. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's so powerful. And it's all, it's all, I love the, they invest in you before the deal. It's so true. It's, it's about the genuine relationship at the end of the day and caring about the people. Um, I, I'm curious, dude, when looking at like, and when I look at your coaching and mentoring career over a huge scale, I mean, you've coached and mentored hundreds of people that go, that goes back, you know, way before real estate. I mean, you were a water survival instructor in the U S Navy. So you were coaching people even way before real estate, uh, you know, specifically with your real estate mentoring, dude, I'm curious, you know, what are some like top two, three, mistakes that you see new investors making that kind of makes you just want to pull your hair out or, or that you've just seen across your career. That's kind of like a commonality. I'm curious. It's the faith that they have in themselves. E that's easy answer. Dude, it's all mindset. It is all 100. I'm not going to say it's hundred percent, but if you don't have the mindset and you have all the knowledge in the world, you're not going anywhere. Like so much of it. And, and the reason is because we live in a society that literally, since you come into this world, fear is literally just embedded into your DNA, the fear mindset, regardless of where you grow up, like our society in general is full of consumers. And we are taught in school to just sit down, do what you're told, be an A plus student, and then go be the best employee for somebody else right? That's what we're, we're literally programmed like robots going through this, going through our society and our education system. And now we have a lot more freedom, especially come this pandemic, like a lot of things were reconsidered. So I think the pandemic, there's a lot of great things that came from that uh, because we all, we were all, we had a lot, a lot more time to think about what's most important. Right. Um, but dude, at, at the same time, like people mostly doubt themselves. They don't doubt any system. They don't doubt, um, 
you know, uh, the, the idea of investing in real estate, they're convinced that it's the right thing to do. They're convinced that this is how I'm going to be able to build wealth. They're convinced that like, Hey, if I join this mastermind, you know, I, I think there's a lot of winners in that group. I'll probably get out, but they don't have enough confidence. They don't have enough faith in themselves. Like deep down, they cannot, like they're not committed to it because they don't have enough faith. And that all starts with just having a genuine curiosity being open to the fact that you could do whatever that whatever you want to accomplish, honestly, and just being continuing that curiosity path and just reading. And the more you read, you're going to be like, wow, this stuff is not very difficult to grasp. Anybody could do this stuff. And then like, once you know more and you have more education, it'll be a lot easier to see yourself succeeding, right? Because, oh, I, now I actually know the general idea of how to analyze an apartment building. Now I kind of I got, a, you know, I took a bet and made that phone call with an investor who said they had 50K and, and he said he was kind of interested. That's a win, like no matter what. So you have to, again, it's mindset. If you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to celebrate those wins. You're going to let that stuff burden you. And it's going to like the, 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 what I like to call like, you know, what most people call failures, but like, you know, those are stepping stones to success. They should be empowering you to go to the next level. It should not be burying you down because failure is part of success. You should highly recommend you remove fail from your vocabulary because you either, you either win or you learn no matter what you have to just maintain that again, mindset thing. I didn't, I wasn't born with this mindset. I studied how the most successful people win. And I studied the high performers. That is also why I became a certified high performance coach because I get to coach all these high performers and I understand what holds them back, dude. And even for the highest performers, it's, they help, they hold themselves back. Yeah, dude. So powerful. And I, I love, I love all that, dude. I have the faith. It, it just comes down to that. And it, it, you can, you can want whatever you want, dude. You can have whatever you want. You just got to believe that it's possible, dude. And all I tell, I tell everybody, dude, anyone who, you know, is thinking about real estate, I always tell everybody the most important real estate in the world is the six inches between your ears, brother. And it's so true. It cannot be underestimated. This, this next question, dude, it might come out of left field, but I'm curious. I'm going to hit you with it. When you were a water survival instructor in the Navy, I mean, when I think of that, I think of people, maybe you're working with people who had a fear of drowning. A fear of drowning is a super common fear. Is there any connections that you draw as a water survival instructor that have kind of helped you coach people later on in your career here? I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing was um, when I did that, it was only about it for a year because that I, then I ended up going to teach the all the pilot students. Um, but when I was a water survival instructor, I got it like my students were junior enlisted Navy and Marine air crew, and then officers who were pilot students that whether they're junior officers or whether they're coming back, whatever. Um, so it was a good, pretty diverse mix, all, you know, male, female, all different ages, ethnicities and backgrounds. Um, there is a fear of drowning, but I think before they get to the water, being a water, you know, going through the water survival, they've already had to pass a series of tests because then now they're in the air crew pipeline or they're in the pilot pipeline. Um, but man, like one of the biggest things that a lot of, a lot of them, a lot of them had to really get over was basically within a six week time frame. The last thing they did was swim a mile in their flight suit and boots. Damn, like they had, to, they had yeah. to swim a mile in your flight suit and boots. Luckily for them, it was in a confined pool. So it was just laps. <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't, you know, this water survival training, they don't go out open water. Um, 
star school we do, uh, search and rescue swimmer school we do, but for, for them, you know, they're like, some people say like, I don't even know the four strokes that we're going to learn. How the heck in six weeks am I going to be able to swim a mile without dying basically? So, and I watched them all do it. The cool thing was like day one, week one was let's, let's jump in the water. Who could swim to the other side of the pool? It's all about baby steps. Like, understanding that no matter like this real estate game, it might sound scary because you don't know how people would take down a $20 million deal. Like you think you have to have millions of dollars. You think you have to have all this money and all this experience. I'm telling you right now, you don't, if you understand the process, you could easily understand how you fit into that, you know, um, to help you and your family build wealth and build legacy. And I think it, after hearing this, if, if, you, if it's not inspiring you there, there might be something deep rooted um, that just, you have, that's why going down to that, why, why do I want to do this? Why does this sound interesting? Where is it going to get emotional for you to where you, you start shedding tears, right? It has to be that deep. It ha- it has to be that meaningful because that's going to help you understand failure is part of success. All these obstacles are just part of the process. I'm going to let it help me grow. I'm not going to bury, I'm not going to let them bury me. Right. What else you got from there, man? If you don't want to know the next question. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was good. No, I was curious. I don't know if anyone's ever hit you with that, but I thought it was cool. I mean, it's a, a cool gig and I know like swimming, fear of swimming, it's something that, uh, or fear of drowning hits a lot of people deep. So I, I always find that interesting. The last thing I wanted to hit you with, dude, before we get up and wrap up here in the, in the uh, bonus round was something happened this past summer where we're in the mastermind and, and you said, everybody, like, I just crushed this book and you got to read this book. And it, for me personally, it was life-changing. I just want to get your thoughts which, on like the one? message. It was the Go Giver by. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Bob one of my favorite all time books, John. Yeah. Man, dude, like you, you put this in the mastermind. You're like, hey, if you have not read this book, read this book. And I think I went out like the very next week or day and read this book and crushed it in one night. And the whole mentality of before you receive, first you must give. It, it was so powerful and how it transformed my mindset and how listen, I'm, I'm like taking right now, you know, I'm going on these network calls and I'm taking, I'm asking people, you know, how, how they can help me. And it's like, dude, I'm doing it all wrong. I've got to find ways to add value to these people. I've got to give and ask for nothing in return. That book for me was life-changing, dude. I'm curious. I mean, your overall thoughts on the message of the book and how powerful it is. I'm curious. It, it really breaks down the five stratosphere, five laws of stratosphere success, right? And they're all on giving. And And just understanding that the people who are able to build the most wealth, have the highest income, have the most amount of freedom is because they grew to the point where they can deliver more value to more people. That's bottom line, case in point upfront, that is, that is it. So the more value you could offer to people more consistently, uh, a wider audience, like the more people you could touch and help and inspire and add value to the more income and abundance you'll have in your life. Right. And it, you know, being open to receiving is just as important, especially if you're doing all this giving and you learn these laws and you're like, that's right. I'm seeing it play out and it's cool. Cause it could play out in your business in your professional life, your W2 with your most important relationship with your spouse and your, or your kids. I'm telling you guys, the more you give, the more you're going to receive you. We're not, we're not brought into this, into this world thinking like this, right? We're not brought into this world, like saying, give, we're brought into a scarcity world of 
taking hoard what you can get because there's a limited amount of things. So what do you think? Why do you think during COVID-19 within five minutes, the shelves are cleared of paper towels and antibacterial because people think that they just want to be the first one there. They want to give because they, they know there's not enough. So they need to go like, if you just, that's to me, I'm not saying all people who do that are bad, but I'm saying that's the world we live in. And that's not a give abundant mentality. Um, growing as a person to deliver more value so you can give more, you will receive more tenfold. Right. And if, just don't think about it. Don't be like, all right, I got to give all this just so I can get no, like genuinely give and appreciate and, and, and have gratitude for the fact that you can give to somebody and help them. Right. And it's just, just like, I, I'm a huge believer in, in God and, and spirit and faith and, and all that coming back karma and the laws of attraction, what you put out to this world, you will get back at you no matter what, whether it's attitude, positivity, um, negativity is, is even worse, man. It's like infectious and positivity is contagious, but negativity is infectious. But after all that giving, you have to make sure be open to receiving. If someone is handing you something or giving you something or thanking you receive it well, be like, Oh no, I can't. No, that that's not how it works. Right. You have to have the full circle, full circle. You gotta be, you gotta be open to receiving after all that giving. Dude, so powerful. And the book for me was, was like literally life-changing. Like, it's like not even a hundred pages, guys, if you haven't read it. There's a whole series of them, if you didn't know that, Jesse. No, so, I do not. There's a whole series of go-giver books, man. Um, go, please read that. It's short. It's impactful. It's like short stories all about the five stratospheric laws of success. Um, and they're all on giving. And it's what, yeah, it was in my top five all time. Hugely transformational in my life too, man. Dude, cool. Thank you for that share. It was awesome. I mean, incredible book. And the giving, it just embraces the abundant mindset in my in my point of view. It embraces that, you know, that abundance. And and just another incredible call that I had this year was with another uh, high net worth individual who was like Jesse and the dot-com crash. Listen, I lost like $200 million in one day. And then I went out to dinner that night and I donated $25 million to my church. And it, 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 and this is, you know, years before the go-givers were in, but he was just talking about it. He's like, Jesse, as soon as when I leave that abundant mindset, my, my financial situation immediately changes. You have to remain in the abundant mindset and give. And that was just another incredible conversation um, that I had this year. But uh, dude, this, is, this, this has been fire, dude. I want to hit you with just one or two more things before we wrap up. We've, we've crushed so much good uh, stuff. Like when we talk about the power of mentorship or, or leaders and role models and stuff like that, dude, I'm curious, who's a major role model that's had a, a massive impact on you in your life? The single biggest one is my grandpa. Um, uh, he passed away like six, seven years ago, but my hero, just like the father figure in my life. He's the reason why I got into drums. He's the reason why I love jazz, uh, Chicago style jazz music. He's the reason why I treat my spouse as well as I do. He's the reason why, you know, I'm going to be an amazing dad and family man. Um, he, he's probably the number one role model. Um, that I have in, in my life, just over, over everything, man. It's, it's, that's easy. Yeah, dude. And, and last thing I want to hit you with before we uh, wrap up and, and that's an incredible story. Dude, family, I mean, huge part of my life and it, it's really the why and why I'm on this journey right now is providing that financial abundance to my family. And, and that's awesome. But uh, last thing I want to hit you with dude, and whether it's going on right now, if it's next year, if it's five years, if it's 10 years from now, like dude, Tim Kelly's living the perfect life. What's going on? Man, I'm living it, dude. Yeah. So dude. <laughs> I wake I wake up when I want to wake up, 
which is early because I have a, I like being super productive in the for the first few hours of the morning, and then the rest of the day is now I have time to relax because all my big huge rocks are knocked out, and now I could just enjoy some freedom, do whatever I want. I I could just you know walk right literally across the street to the golf to the beach. I mean, I could, whatever, I could do whatever I want. And, but I like, I'm able to spend my time giving all this knowledge back, like all these things that I learned that have completely transformed my life. I am able to continuously deliver more value back to you guys in our community and the people that are interested in learning more about how to create financial freedom and wealth, especially if you're in the military or you were in the military. Um, And I'm I'm traveling the world with my wife. Um, We're about to start having kids. Like I am living the absolute freaking dream. I wake up every day with an attitude of gratitude. And that has also significantly helped me get me to where I'm at. Just having a general gratitude attitude every day, man, for all the things, you know? Dude, awesome, dude. I, I love to hear that the best responses are the dudes who are like, dude, I'm living it, man. I'm here. I, it, it, I've been visualizing it and like, I'm here. I love having those dudes on. So dude, thank you not only for coming on this show and providing incredible content, but just to you, the entire active duty passive investing community. I mean, there's no way in my personal journey that 12 months ago where I was at, I could have been where I am today, dude. It's because of guys like you. It's because of the whole ADPI community, Adam Labar, Eric Upchurch, all those guys, man. So thank you for coming on today and thank you for everything that you guys do. I appreciate it. Dude, rock and roll, Jesse. It's my pleasure. Have me back, man. Let's talk about this stuff again. Same, Tim. Catch you later, brother. Thanks again. See ya. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Wealth Science Podcast. Take some time to subscribe and leave us a review. It really is the basis that helps us continue to bring on amazing guests each week. We have another incredible story to share next week, and I'm certain it's going to add value to this community. Please do not hesitate to reach out if there's anything I can do to help you in your journey of attaining financial freedom. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week.